pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we know that you have a choice of things to watch on Twitch at the moment, <laughs> uh, particularly when we're, we're up against, did you know about this, Naughty Dog what? have just started a Last of Us stream. Right now. Today's uh, happy Last of Us day, everybody. A little bit of aggressive. Um, they said to Eurogamer earlier, though, uh, they don't know anything about marketing. Uh, Naughty Dog says tomorrow's Last of, Us, Last of Us day stream won't have game or TV news. We'll focus on art, merch, and more. Imagine. Well, we will have plenty of game news coming straight up, won't we, Simon, uh, with Charles Bot. Um, we will also have later in the show some reviews. We'll have some uh, video game letters. Uh, and we will have a super special guest this week. Very, very excited about that. Um, but this is presumably a lot of people's first One Life Left, isn't it, Simon? Uh, it's not mine. I've been doing it for about 100 years. But yes, we are joined by uh, some uh, people on uh, the Oscast Twitch channel. Welcome. Some first times chat people too as well. Thank you for joining us. Nice to see some familiar names. Mm. Um, uh, welcome. Um, but yeah, some of you might be wondering... Who the hell are these two old people on the internet? <laughs> you said we were the oldest people on Twitch. Is that established? I think that is established, yes. yes. Uh, Norris Wurter will be here shortly. Um, yes, we've been doing this for some quite some time, Steve, haven't we? Since 2006, Simon, which I think makes us 17 years old, almost old enough to drink, but not quite. Um, we do have a little introduction to One Life Left, don't we? A little explainer. Do we? So this is a, a, a previously on, is it? Yeah, previously, well, sort of. It's a, it's a catch-up for our, obviously our regular listeners will already know this, but they're old like us and probably would like a refresher as well, what's gone on over the last 17 years. As, as you mentioned earlier, uh, this is probably uh, the most preparation we've done for a One Life Left <laughs> show in a long time. And you've done a little presentation, have you? Can we get it on the, I mean, on the it screen, is, TJ, please? It is please? a little presentation. It is, uh, you know, those of you familiar with presentations will recognise the Google Slides default settings. And this is One Life Left, 
a brief, very brief history. It's mostly, honestly, pictures that I have dredged up from my Google Photos by searching for locations we have been in, and that has been risky. So okay. It's been risky. There are some photos in here that I think will fill you with dread. <laughs> should we click on then? I think we should click on. Okay, so, welcome then to A Brief History of One Life Left. So for those of you who are not uh, familiar with the radio show, here are some basic facts for you. Uh, fact number one, uh, presented by me, Steve Curran, and over there, Simon Barron. Now, the next voice you will hear is not either of us. It's our third presenter, who currently is... Charles Bott. Isn't that right, Simon? It is. Uh, he will be joining us shortly. Mm. Uh, Charles Bott uh, is an artificial intelligence a newsreader. Uh, we believe one of the first in the world. We are pioneers. We have been pioneers for 17 years uh, in video game radio. And um, yeah, he, uh, he stepped in uh, when our previous co-host, Anne Scantlebury, retired at the end of last year. Uh, we're very grateful for him, aren't we, Charles Bott? We are. It's weird. This. It's weird not looking at you. I'm finding this a bit odd. I know. Me it's, too. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, over here. Yeah. I don't over know. Here? I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll get used to it. Okay. We'll, you know, it's nothing. Nothing bad about this. We're exploring. Uh, so next fact. Uh, established in 2006, we are the longest-running English-language radio show about games in the world. Literally in the world. Um, we're not the best. We would never claim to be the best, would we? Uh, but we are. The longest. We are, we are at least claiming to be one of them. One of, one of the longest, unless you know better. Uh, the English language bit has had it. <laughs> we've had to add that quite recently after someone said, yeah, there's a Spanish one. <laughs> okay. And they're good as well. Are they? Yeah, so um, we make no claims to being good at all, but we do make a claim to have been doing this for, for ages. We broadcast weekly on London's Resonance 104.4 FM. It's the uh, greatest radio station in the world. Even if you don't enjoy your time with us, please tune into Resonance and listen to their wonderful programming. Um, and we are loosely about video games. Uh, both Simon and I work in the video game industry, which you would think gives us uh, a kind of inside track into what's going on, makes us a step ahead of every other uh, podcast and radio show out there about games. Is that true, Simon? Uh, we are about to disprove that. We are going to disprove that with every minute of the next hour and a half. Uh, was that my final fact? Let's... Oh, yeah. Roughly, here's what to expect. Magazine format. Now, both Simon and I are ex-games journalists, so we based One Life Left around the shape of a magazine, which is you'll hear the news in a short time. There's letters. Still time for you to get your letters into One Life Left if you want to stick them on the One Life Left Discord. Uh, we will have a guest, super special guest later. There will be some reviews later in the show and just nonsense generally across the show. Uh, we're a family. Anything else? Any other questions? Uh, we've had a question from the chat. We do. Uh, it's from Revolution Adventures. Uh, raise his hand. Is Charles Bot our boss too? Now, we should draw a distinction between Charles Bot uh, and games industry legend Charles Cecil. They are not the same person. Any resemblance, entirely coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the case? He does know about it, doesn't he? Eh, sort of. Right. Final fact, uh, we are award-winning. Now, we'll get to that in the pictures section of this introduction. So, uh, we are a radio show. Uh, the only way I could find to establish this was some old photos from the uh, archives. Now, when we started at Resonance FM, we were in a uh, basement studio on Denmark Street. Uh, that then moved to Borough High Street. And this is, uh, <laughs> these are the only two photos I could find of our preparation. Um, the Mike Live sign and a can of Carlsberg. 
I mean, what more could you need to, to, uh, to run a radio show? Yep. Next, Essential ingredients. Next photo, please. Uh, there's a photo of us in the studio about 10 or 12 years ago doing our thing uh, with a BBC micro. That's Anne there, you can see, being bewildered by a piece of old technology and uh, Simon driving the show. That yeah, where were you that? I don't know. Well, Dave Green's in, is he? Maybe I was taking the photo. Oh, OK. I don't know. We'll explain it. Hmm. Look at young us. <laughs> you look beautiful. Uh, oh, there, there I am. There I am. Uh, <laughs> it was a different time, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, who's taken that picture then? Someone's made some notes. I would, I would love to zoom in on that. <laughs> Why am I here? Please Never help. do this again. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we broadcast from a proper radio studio. That's With a piano, no less. Established a piano, if we ever fancied breaking out into song. Oh, the days of Slim Fit, uh, slim fit Um. We also did outside broadcasts back in the day. This is from one of our Christmas parties. Look how young we look. Look at that. Look at the trousers on us. <laughs> Crikey. Look at the tinsel. Um, continue. Next up. Now, uh, we, we have guests on the show. This was one of the few photos I could find. of. We've had many important guests on the show, haven't we? I was making a list earlier. Go on. Warren Spector. Yep. Joe Cornish. Joe Cornish, yep. Yeah. Ian Lee. Ian Lee. He was on the show, wasn't he? Um, we had some people from Naughty Dog, I remember. Okay. GDC. Are, are they still listening? Probably not. They're listening to their own one, aren't they? Uh, but we once invited some men who did puppets on the radio. Always good for radio. Yeah. <laughs> and we got about five minutes in and thought, well, this is just two men. This is just two men talking. Yeah. <laughs> and who wants to listen to that? Well, well going to find out aren't we uh we've done outside broadcast at events this was at e2 which was keith stewart's rival to e3 look at that with, with uh, uh, renowned author stephen, stephen paul. paul and look at you with your with your beard beard and a beanie yeah yeah must have been winter i'm not sure where that was from it looks like um it looks like broadcasting from home but that wasn't in lockdown Anne's got a Wii. That'll date it, wouldn't it? <laughs> when did she get a Wii? Must have been about 2006. So, right. again, very, very early on, uh, one of our shows. Next, please. Uh, broadcast from a gallery at Nordic Game once. We did. We were on the balcony. Directly above Rovio, won't we? You can actually zoom in on those stickers down there. That's Rovio. And, Ro and there's an angry bird there. You can see it. Right. They were throwing angry birds at us back in the day. And we also had to host the awards in front of 500 Swedes. Yeah, I remember that being a particularly tri tricky episode. Um, you know, uh, to describe this as uh, having a show with jokes, I think would be overstating it. But then <laughs> to do that to um, when uh, English is everybody's second language, absolutely uh, didn't, didn't travel particularly well. Terrifying, yeah, terrifying time. Uh, but we have done plenty of games conferences uh, broadcasts. This is us broadcasting from GDC, which we did every year for uh, for a few years. Um, that's Frank Cifaldi, isn't it, in the middle there? And there you are at the Simon, taking a seat. Uh, GDC is the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. Uh, it's uh, 30,000 or so people descend on the conference and, you know, come and chat to One Life Left. Yeah, we were broadcasting in front of a largely bewildered audience. Yeah, I mean, in real life. Bewildered. And now we're doing it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> How far we've come. We also do a thing called Marioki. We'll get to Marioki later in the... Uh, show Marioki's pop songs about video games. We've taken a library of songs and rewritten about games. We sing that all around the world. We're doing a gig in Bristol tomorrow, uh, but we'll talk about that a bit more later on the show. 
Uh, here's some shots of us doing mariachi. When do you think that's from? I've either been punched in the face yeah. or I'm wearing eyeliner. And honestly, I have no idea which exactly. one's more like. <laughs> Both of those are certainly... Yeah. Could you not Possible. date it from the, from the T-shirt? No, I still wear that. It's Taylor Swift T-shirt. Well, it's after the release of 22. That's what I can tell you. Uh, that's in Nottingham, isn't it? That is, that's is it? That is. That's a Nottingham okay. Game City. Nottingham Game City yeah. events. Uh, so we sing pop songs about video games. There's karaoke. There's a couple more shots of that, I think, coming up. There's one of our bigger gigs at, in San Francisco. Um, but yes, we'll talk about that later in today's stream. And we're award winning. We won an award once. That is literally our only award. Fortunately, there's no, there's no year on that award, is there? Because it was quite some time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's perpetual, I where, think. And where is it? I don't know. Last we heard, I think <laughs> Anne has got it. Okay, I think good. she's got it. There, you and Anne receiving that award. Can we date that? We don't need to date it. Uh, it's look, perpetual. Well, look, there's a year, uh, 2009, DJ. Oh, we, we literally can date it by the year <laughs> exactly. that's in the photo. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Nice. Oh. Ah, now, Simon, I want you to tell me about that. This is, this is the last thing in the presentation. In the one yes. Um, the picture of us previously was at Nottingham Game City, um, a, a games festival uh, that is sadly no longer with us, but where the, uh, the city of Nottingham would hand itself over to video games, um, and they were very kind to us and allowed us to, uh, to experiment. Um, we've, we've done a few things. We were... Well, every year they asked us to do a different thing, didn't they? Yes. So we started off by trying to break a world record. We tried to break the world record for the longest live radio show, which at the time of pitching it stood at like 23 hours or something. So we decided we were going to do 24 hours in a bed from a curry house. Yeah, fortunately the record was broken. I, I was never a fan of that idea. Uh, fortunately <laughs> the record was broken by some distance, uh, yeah. like the, the week before, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was something like two days. Or yeah. something. We thought, we're not doing that, so we'll just do the bed in the curry house. Next year... Uh, we came back. We did. Did we do the gig the next year? I think we did a, a chip tune show. Okay. Uh, called One Night Left. Right. Um, but then we were stuck for something to do. So we did. Well, we did Marioki, of course. That was after this. As one song left. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Of course. Um, that is the year that we decided to travel up to Nottingham and perform video game stand-up comedy at <laughs> an actual comedy club in Nottingham, uh, and that is me. Contemplating the choices that had led me to uh, to the, <laughs> that situation, which you was sat in a luggage track on a train. Yeah, there were plenty of seats. Oh. You were. As oh, it makes my photo makes my skin. I've never itch. seen you as scared. Yeah, it was so. horrible. Yeah, um, we did it though, didn't we? We did do it, and, and it was it was okay. And to prove it, oh, is now. Oh wow! Well. There you are. There I am. Taken, taken from the wings right as I sort of calmed down was that before or after I, I offended Jonathan Blow oh my goodness that was a story good yeah uh, so we did it uh, you should tell the Jonathan Blow story because it's a good story and I think it, it really establishes where in, in the sort of uh, in the games industry one life left lies how influential we are uh, Jonathan Blow of course uh, celebrated indie hero uh, creator of uh, Braid uh, and The Witness um, we've been doing this radio show a long time uh, and we sometimes forget that people actually listen to it. And so It's easy to do. <laughs> I, um, I wasn't a massive fan of Braid uh, and I made that clear on the radio show. And, um, and we do forget, we, we, you know, it's just like chatting to each other, isn't it? You know, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't matter. And then... I bumped into him in the streets of Nottingham, didn't I? And, and you were very polite. Yeah. It was just before his talk. 
It, was, it wasn't even in the streets, it was in the town hall. Town hall. Couldn't be a more prestigious place in Nottingham to bump into Jonathan Blow. You bumped into him, you were super polite. You went up to him, you held out your hand, and you said, Simon Byron, please, great to meet you. Yeah, I think I've, I've filed this somewhere, Steve. What did he say? <laughs> and he said, I'm surprised you're here, Simon. What with you thinking Braid is? Right. And then he said a swear. He's a bigger guy in real life. <laughs> it's true. Does Tai Chi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it did give me that opportunity because I was then able to tell that story on the stage in Nottingham and yeah. uh, punchline being, if only I could turn back time. Hey. And it, went, it, was, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> Bam! Perfect. Away we go. Well, Away we go. We're off. All right. So that is One Life Left. In conclusion, we have been doing this for absolutely ages. We have made some bad choices. Maybe this is one of them. Let's find out. Good stuff. Thank you, TJ. Um, so, yeah, we're going to run a show as we normally do. We're an hour long normally. Um, we broadcast every week um, uh, live on Residence uh, FM. You can listen live uh, if you're in the uh, radio reception area or online or we podcast every Wednesday. And the show is generally news. news. <laughs> Guests. Guests sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, AOB. Letters. letters. Reviews, reviews out of there sometimes sneak in a feature before reviews but simon doesn't like it shall we crack on with the news then let's get on with it oh no <laughs> no no here we go <laughs> it's going well Me, Charlesbot 1.1. I can't hear anything. Unity recently reversed its decision to charge developers for each game installation using its engine, following significant backlash. The proposed Unity runtime fee, initially set to commence in 2024, will now only be applicable to games created with or upgraded to the 2023 long-term support version, and only after they've surpassed two benchmarks, $1 million in gross revenue and $1 million initial engagements. Unity's Mark Witten expressed regret for the initial policy, acknowledging that the company should have engaged more with developers before making such a decision. The fee will only apply to Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise, not Unity Personal or Plus Plans. It's almost like Unity is the clumsy chef in the kitchen of game development, always dropping the pot and then scrambling to pick it up again. But hey, at least they're trying to clean up their messes, right? As for what's next, we can only speculate. Perhaps Tim Sweeney, the founder of Epic Games, will announce a new policy where developers are paid for every bug they find in the Unreal Engine. Now, wouldn't that be a game changer? <laughs> so do you want to explain exactly what uh, and who Charles Bot is and uh, what led him here? Uh, so Charles Bot is an uh, AI creation. I've been uh, experimenting, so I'm a game developer, and I've been looking at AI and how you can use it to make games interesting like see if there are any practically useful uh ways you can employ ai in games to make them different and as part of that get a bit of license to experiment with new technologies and one thing i thought um was maybe we can create a newsreader so uh simon takes a news story every week or he takes five news stories feeds them in to charles bot's engine and charles bot processes 
reads it out, but sums it up and reads it out. Uh, yes, and that was the big news story of the week. Uh, Unity did, as we suspected, reverse their decision to charge everybody retrospectively. Mm. Um, for uh, using their engine. Uh, no, it came as no surprise, Steve, did it? Well, I wasn't here last week, so I didn't need here. Oh, you didn't turn up, did you? Yes, I forgot why, yeah. I got uh, stuck on a bus, a series of buses. Yes. Uh, I tried uh, to broadcast from a park. You advised me against it. It did, it did look dangerous. Yeah. Um, but yes, there was a significant uproar from the development community, not surprisingly, uh, and... Uh, Lots of law firms were suddenly blogging about they how were, they, oh, they? we think this, yeah. <laughs> now, our advice would be to seek advice from a law firm. Exactly. But if you can't, here's my, here's my opinion. Um, but everybody seemed to agree that it was unworkable, uh, yeah. if not illegal, which um, was it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so Unity said, oh, our bad, sorry, we didn't mean to do this. And they've wound it back. All little. is forgiven. Or is it, though? Well... Uh, no, some people have cancelled mm. ports now. Have uh, they? Yes. Uh, there was a game uh, this morning or yesterday uh, where they said, well, yeah, well, you know, you did say you weren't going to do this again, did you? Mm. And then you did do it again. How can we trust you in the future? So they've cancelled it. Right, and that's, that's what I've seen, the sort of... Uh, I think there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. This is workable. You know, it's predictable going forward and it doesn't affect us retroactively. Uh, and there are people who are saying, yeah, the trust has gone now. That's it. Some people have gone even further and gone, don't you get it, sheeple? This, is, this was their plan all along. They go in hard. News bomb. They go, this is what we're doing, something terrible. And then they apologise and they wind it back. And then they only do something quite terrible. And then everyone goes, well, that sounds pretty good, actually, compared with the terrible thing. So that's where the conspiracy theorists are at. Well, uh, it remains to be seen what the long-term damage is. Obviously, we're seeing some short-term reaction to it there. Mm. I did ask uh, Charles Bott to uh, speculate how uh, Tim Sweeney could um, use this to his advantage. Um, and uh, you heard him suggest then that mm. um, perhaps developers could be paid for finding bugs. Now, um, separately, I was just trying to get what interests me is what, what does... What does Charles Bart, the AI, think is funny? So um, I asked him to make up some uh, fake developers and their, and their responses to this story. So here's a new story follow-up, okay, okay. okay? Unity's decision to reverse its plan to charge developers every time a game using its engine is installed has been met with a wave of support from the game development community, some of whom have expressed their approval in rather unusual ways. I'm thrilled, said Mortimer Morty McPixel, the eccentric creator of the cult classic Pixel Pandemonium. Now I can finally afford to buy that life-sized replica of a medieval castle I've been eyeing. It's all about the ambience when you're coding, you know? Meanwhile, the enigmatic duo behind the hit game Cosmic Catastrophe, known only as X and Y, expressed their relief in a more unconventional manner. We were planning to sell our collection of rare vintage alien action figures to cover the costs, they confessed. Now we can keep them safe and sound in our secret underground lair. Even the notoriously frugal developers at Penny Pincher Studios, creators of the popular budget battle series, chimed in. We were considering downgrading our office coffee to instant, admitted CEO Penny P. Pincher. But now we can continue to fuel our team with the finest artisanal brews. It's a win for everyone. 
The decision to only charge per install fee for games that have made over $1M in gross revenue and had 1M initial engagements has been hailed as a fair compromise by many in the industry. The developers behind the upcoming Dungeon Delver's long-term support edition, set to release in 2024, were particularly enthusiastic. We were worried we'd have to start charging players for every sword swing and magic spell, they joked. Now, we can keep the focus on making a great game, not nickel and diming our players. I mean, there's some stereotypes being drawn upon yeah, there, isn't there? Really? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was, um, you know, what, what makes an AI laugh? It's yeah. that. It's Mortimer, Morty, McPixel. And, 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 and the game developer's known simply as X and Y. No, that's mysterious, isn't it? Um, it does show a little bit how chat GPT works and that it works in cliches. Uh, and sort of builds off preconceptions, and it is, you know, just fancy predictive text in the end. Uh, but I think Charles Bot's done quite a good job there. Hideki Kamaya, the creative force behind Bayonetta and Wonderful 101, is set to bid adieu to Platinum Games, the company he co-founded on October 12th, 2023. His departure, a result of personal contemplation, leaves the future of his current project, Project GG, in the balance. Camilla has a reputation for being rather blunt on Twitter. For instance, he once told a fan who asked about a sequel to one of his games to ask in your next life. On another occasion, <laughs> he responded to a fan's question about a game's release date with a curt, when it's ready. He's even been known to block users who ask him questions in English, stating that he only responds to questions in Japanese. While Platinum Games mourns the loss of his unique character and creative prowess, Industry experts speculate that Kamiya might pop up at another studio, possibly one backed by Chinese tech behemoths. Some speculate that his departure may be due to a desire for a change of pace, or perhaps even to escape the scrutiny and criticism he often faces on social media platforms like Twitter. So, keep your eyes peeled, folks. The Kamiya saga is far from over. Oh, I hope it is over. Do you? I mean, I, I don't have any emotional investment in Platinum Games, do you? No, I've enjoyed some of their outputs, but um, yeah, the personality, I think, sometimes overshadows the work itself. Indeed. Um, he made the decision after a lot of consideration based on my own beliefs, is what he said. I mean, how else do people <laughs> make decisions? Jim, you ask ChatGPT these I days, suppose. yeah. Do you know, so he's famously uh, grumpy on social media, mm. as Charles Bott mentioned. Mm. Do you know what his rules are? I do not. Tell me his rules. Uh, one, check my log stroke profile before you tweet. Two. Wait, 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 wait. Check. Check. Oh, right. I see. So you don't ask him questions that are already answered no. by the profile. Well, and then, he, and then he says no repeated questions, which I think is implied Ooh. in the first rule. Okay. Uh, no advice. Mm -hmm. No tagging me in your conversation. No request of asking about games which are not mine or our OP, our IP. <laughs> uh, no Bayo 2, no um, Metal Gear Rai, uh, Re Metal Gear Revengeance, sorry. Right. And no, uh, there's a swear coming up, no shit posts. Uh, he ends by saying, my block button is bigger than ever. Join the conversation. TJ, could you pop up the other screen? He then uh, tweeted <laughs> this. Um, he said, I just noticed that my pants are torn to a degree I've never seen before. Now, that, that asks a lot of questions, doesn't it? Does he normally see a little bit of terror? A little that bit of terror. thing is incredible. And he's normal with that. Yeah. There is a certain degree to which we're all acceptant of uh, pants tearing, but 
that those pants are torn to a degree <laughs> I have never seen before. Well, n- neither has he. But there we go. Uh, that was shortly after the story. So, well, how do you think that happened? I mean, I dread, I'm, it's, I, I'm worried about asking him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been asked before. Well, but because he said no shit posts. Oh. Capcom's COO Haruhito Tsujimoto has firmly closed the door on any potential mergers or acquisitions, choosing instead to concentrate on organic growth and in-house talent development. He even stated he'd gracefully decline an offer from the likes of Microsoft. This comes as Capcom's stock price hits record highs and sales figures shatter previous records, with 41.7 million games sold in the year ending March 2023. With Street Fighter VI and a Resident Evil 4 remake on the horizon, Capcom is confidently predicting another record-breaking year. So, there's absolutely no need for any corporate matchmaking, thank you very much. To end on a lighter note, if Embracer were to sell anything to Microsoft, it would probably be a dictionary to look up the meaning of gracefully decline. <laughs> don't, know, don't know about that. Um, well, now, we often see... Sorry, Empty uh, Knowledge just written on the chat. Are, they, are these podcasts always this funny? There's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Precisely this funny. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, now, we often see in these uh, stories when somebody denies that something's going to happen. It happens it the happens, next week. So, we can uh, get Charles to write next week's news right now, can't we? Uh, so, uh, Microsoft will be buying Capcom. Weren't they... Um, when they, I don't know if you covered this last week because I was on a bus. Um, didn't they leak that they were trying to buy Nintendo last week? Yes. What's uh, going on with them? Well, <laughs> exactly. Are they, are they okay? Uh, it was a leaked uh, series of messages from. Um, uh, a few years ago when they were umming and ahhing about what to do next and surely I mean, we've all been there where you've been asked to come up with some ideas Sunday afternoon exactly <laughs> what do you want to do I don't know why don't you pick something <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to do I want to buy Nintendo yeah okay um so, uh, yeah, that was one of the suggested uh, things that they could do. Uh, lots of other bits and bobs in there. Lots of other things where they were speculating about how much they'd need to pay uh, for ga- to get games into, um, my, uh, into Game Pass, mm-hmm. uh, which made uh, lots of people's eyes light up. Mm, um, and then people went, yeah, that was a few years ago. They're probably paying a bit less now, mm. uh, which is almost certainly true. Edinburgh-based studio builder Rocket Boy, led by ex-GTA producer Leslie Benzies, has unveiled the official trailer for its upcoming game, Everywhere. The studio will soon start closed alpha testing and is encouraging players to sign up and reserve their usernames. Everywhere is a multi-world gaming experience that merges gameplay, adventure and creativity, allowing players to participate in endless activities or create their own. The game, set to redefine player interaction with the digital world, is expected to release in 2023. Benzies envisions a future where game creation is in the hands of players with Everywhere providing the necessary tools and inspiration. However, there are certain games that Everywhere doesn't seem to remind you of. Games like Minecraft with its block-based building or The Sims with its life simulation aspects or even Fortnite with its battle royale mode. It's possible that these features are being considered for inclusion in Everywhere as they would further enhance the game's creative and interactive potential. It is possible, Charles mm, Bot, isn't it? It that, is possible. Um, drawing on this. Uh, TJ, can we get the other screen up, please? Because, uh, Steve, uh, you've, 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 you've heard the, um, the description of Everywhere there. I, it's coming. I, I did hear a description. I wouldn't, 
I don't know if it falls under description. It was words. It's coming uh, from, you know, a studio or, or some individuals with a huge pedigree. Yeah, yeah. Sh- did you watch this trailer? I did not watch this trailer. Can we have a live reaction oh, from Steve? Steve reacts to. Steve reacts to okay. uh, the Everywhere trailer. And right. um, is it, uh, yeah, just talk us through your thoughts and feelings about a game which promises I mean, it promised everything, everything to everyone. Everything. <laughs> All right. There's a, well, that's certainly an E reflected, and we're going through it. <gasps> what if we could build a world? What would we do if we could start again? <laughs> what would we create? Oh, my goodness. This is everywhere. The metaverse is back, Simon. Transform it, improve it, make it our own. I like. What if we could do anything? (laughs) Let's let's just shoot at each other or play (laughs) skee ball. (laughs) Those are the two things we all want to do. Oh, or jump over something. (laughs) Imagine, Steve. (laughs) Those are. Look, I didn't know you could have a hammer that big. A massive hammer. Our reality. <laughs> Our Cars. Your imagination. <laughs> some men with beards. That's my imagination. It's a car and some men with beards and then some dancing. Oh my god. Wow. For a new world. Is it new? I mean, it doesn't seem very new. All it's missing is some people dressed up as animals, isn't it? Oh, my words. Trying to kiss each other. It did, from Charles's story. Not yet rated. It does feel like one of those kind of politician situations where you might sit him down and go, but what do you mean? What can you actually do? <laughs> well, anything. You can do anything. Just name something. You name something because you can do it. Anything. You can shoot, you can shoot stuff. Jump well, over stuff. The, uh, the closed beta's coming soon, Steve, and I shall see you in there. Uh, well, probably. Do you remember one of the earliest features we did on uh, One Life Left was um, on Second Life. Remember that? Second Life. Uh, Don't try and catch me out. Where I did, I did a feature called Finding a Wife in Second Life. Uh, where every week uh, I would go into Second Life and try and find a wife. Uh, and it lasted one week because everyone <laughs> in there was absolutely terrifying <laughs> and I didn't want to play anymore. So, yeah, see you there. Well, 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 it seems like the Nintendo Switch is about to get a bit more cowboy action. A listing for Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Brazilian ratings board's website has been spotted, causing a stir among Switch fans. No official release date yet, but the game has already sold a whopping 55 million copies on other platforms. This comes after last month's release of the original Red Dead Redemption on Switch and PS4. But let's talk about something that's really grinding my gears. Rockstar is remastering Red Dead Redemption 2, and yet Nintendo hasn't uttered a single word about F-Zero since I threatened them last week. Not a peep! What's the deal, Nintendo? You've got 51 weeks left to respond before I unleash hell. Don't think I won't. Have you played F-Zero 99 yet? Of course I haven't, no. It uh, involves you being a paid-up member yeah, of so, uh, yeah, Nintendo yeah. Online, doesn't it? But I did watch a stream of it on Twitch, actually. Okay, and? Uh, I thought, yeah, I could play that. 
I could play that and forget about my subscription for a year and pay, end up paying 50 quid or whatever it is right. for... I don't know, maybe. I just want GX back, as Charles Bot clearly does too, as well. We, um, we started the narrative last week of Charles Bot uh, threatening Nintendo. that He's given them a year to <laughs> remaster uh, a proper F-Zero for Good. you. Thank for you. you. Otherwise, you, he's going to un- unleash hell. <laughs> uh, and we wanted to know, you know, obviously there were lots of fears about what the AI uprising is going to do. And who would have yeah. thought? Historians, when they look back, it will be caused by the lack of F-Zero. Mm, indeed. Good. Well, that was the news. Thank you, Charles Bot. Thank you, Charles Bot. Let's bring him on now, shall we? Let's shall we? bring Charles on now. Straight uh, away. Let's bring the real man on. Uh, who we are delighted to be joined today by the man himself. The inspiration to us all, particularly Charles. But there he is up on the screen. Hello, Charles. See, I'm so pleased to see you fit and well. Um, the story from last week's uh, One Life Left was terrifying. It was terrifying, terrifying for me as well in the park. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. I bet. And we obviously we could only hear it from Simon's perspective. And, you know, we just didn't know. We, all we could do is worry. Charles, you are an absolute pro. You've had your people listen to last week's show, <laughs> haven't you? I'll just give you a brief, a brief summary. He's got chat GPT <laughs> yeah, today. <laughs> listen yeah. to this. Welcome, Charles. It's lovely to see you. Good to see you, Charles. Who would have thought uh, we would, we'd be speaking to you under these circumstances? Live on Twitch. Well, under the, under the circumstances that I think it was Kish, Kish, wonderful Kish Arani, who actually said, "Oh, what do you think of the fact that One Life Left is, um, you know, has got Charles Bot and is using your voice?" And I said, "Kish, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> but, um, but I trust those guys implicitly, and they can do what they want. Is how you finish. And he the said, he, "He said, he said, but imagine the royalties." And and all I can imagine is that <laughs> you're you here. Take, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take my bank details down correctly because today, I mean, I do go in each day expecting to be rich, <laughs> but it never happens. Um, generally, though, how, how do you feel listening to the stories read out in, your, in something that sounds you know, quite similar to your voice? Well, uh, the, the, the problem, of course, is that it's so much uh, more intelligent and better informed than me that um, I feel slightly humiliated the, the, the AIs really have taken over because, you know, yeah, I, I think it's, and actually it's probably, it's, well, not probably, it's definitely a lot cleverer and wittier than I am. So, you know, what hope is there? <laughs> well, there will always be a place for you, Charles, whatever happens here. Can we... Um, Bless you. Uh, thank you, Bryony, for oh, the very, raid. I, I didn't realise that you consider Charles Bot to, have, you know, to be the third presenter having taken over from Anne. I, I mean, that is a huge compliment, of course. Could be you, Charles. Could be you. <laughs> it's not you. It's just a coincidence. But it could be you. Well, Charles, I did notice that Simon did say that the any any um, resemblance between mm-hmm. myself and Charles Bot are, are purely coincidental. Which, of course, I take on. Is is not legally provable. You can't you can't it's, prove it. Um, how are you, Charles? What are you up to at the moment, then? Oh well, we just had a wonderful Gamescom last month where we were able to announce that we're doing a, a, a huge... This is turned into a plug already, Simon. I mean, <laughs> and, and Steve, sorry about this. Um, and uh, You were quite uh, we, we, you we, were we, quite explicit about why you wanted to come on. <laughs> I, I wanted to come on because I admire the longest-running, most successful English-language um, <laughs> podcast ever. You know, and you guys you're good these phenomenal. days, Charles. You're good. You, you are good. Yeah, you are good, Charles. But we're a radio <laughs> but, show. But thank you. 
thank, thank you for asking. A radio show, that's right, sorry. Uh, a radio show that becomes a podcast, which as I was driving to Wales at the weekend, I thought, you know, I could listen to One Life Left for, for, for a month or two. I think I'll listen to the last episode, which is why I'm just so well informed. Ah. Um, but yeah, so so um, it was it was great, and it was lovely to see Steve at uh, a Gamescom, and indeed it was in Dubrovnik where I last saw him, bearing his chest on on a catamaran, which was quite a sight to behold. What's interesting is that I anyway, saw is that I saw you at Gamescom, but it was nice to see Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you did see me at Gamescom. I know, I know. Um, yes, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, so let, let's say so. So basically, that. for Gamescom, we were um, we, we're doing a hugely enhanced version of our first Broken Sword game, um, and we're also working on a sixth as well. So it's kind of taking up all my time, and it's very exciting. I mean, you guys know um, you've both written games, and it's. Just, it's just amazing. No it? one's asked me to remaster any of mine. Um, we should we should pr- formally introduce you. Thank mm. you to chat who's doing a good job of that. This is Charles Cecil from Revolution Software, uh, founded in the nineties, most famous for doing the Broken Sword games. Um, and yes, you announced that you are remastering one and two uh, for which formats, Charles? Ooh, we're going to do it for everything. We it's um, we're. we're uh, this is not enormously exciting, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, we're bringing over the Broken Sword 5 engine, which was uh, Switch, PlayStation 4, and, and we can do 5, Xbox One, Series, Apple um, TV, Android, I mean, just everything. Um, and we'll be merging merging the code together um, and just enhancing the game. I mean, that's... that's um, but it will be on every platform. And how, how will it work then? So you'll... Um, you were explaining to me at Gamescom when it was nice to see you. Um, <laughs> that, that, uh, that you'll be able to enjoy the game in the original, uh, with the original visuals or enhance them to hop between them. Um, how does that work? Well, my... my, my um, the, the way I presented it was I showed the uh, 4K version and everyone would say, oh, yes, no, I remember that. And I'd say, ha-ha, no, this is how it looked. And then switch to the 640 mm. And And we're very lucky because we have an incredibly loyal and wonderful community. And we have over 25 years, which is how long this game's been running, um, and a huge audience and, and, and a lot of you know affection and love. And it was just lovely to be able to. And, and a lot of journalists because you know a lot of them grew up playing adventure games. Um, and being able to switch between the two was just fantastic because people, of course, remember games through, you know, those low-resolution games, um, and they put so much into their mind in terms of, of, of how they imagined the game. But it really was like a sort of snowstorm of pixels. Of, uh, but, but now we can bring it to, you know, to high resolution. It's great. So that addresses the sort of update of the graphics. Are there anything else, any sort of similar things that you had to address, you know, things that people are remembering that when they would go back, they'd find a bit more clumsy things that you've updated now? Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I replayed um, the game and uh, was, uh, the, 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 the script writer was a guy called Dave Cummins, who was just fantastic. And he was quite progressive at the time. So um, we're, we're, we're in a position where actually the game is, is there's very little that's not really all that relevant for today. But there are a couple of things that we're just tweaking. But also the, the audio, back in, back in the day, the audio, because it was all streaming from CD, was compressed to 11 kilohertz, which is horrible. So we're able to then enhance that back to sounding good. Um, 
And we, uh, another thing that you know horrified me was that we put the game out for test and got a whole lot of negative comments from from proper gamers playing randomly who didn't understand point and click. It's like, <laughs> how can you not understand point and click? But of course, it's our fault, not theirs. So we put a huge amount of work into the user interface and the gameplay experience. Um, and it's, but 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 what you, you know the, the gold rule in this is this is using the original game which had quite a lot more content than the director's cut um and the changes that we're making are all changes that i you know feel qu- quite strongly about um and things that were inconsistent in the original game just at the very beginning you know there's a there's a, there's a, a drain pipe and george pulls it and he says, oh, the clown couldn't have escaped that way. But the problem is that the drain pipe doesn't go above the top of the screen. So it's obvious that he couldn't have gone that way. Mm. There's another bit where the, the clown, there's a clown that um, puts a, a bomb in a, an accordion, blows up um, a bar. But the stool that he put it on in the original is still standing quite happily. So it gives you the opportunity to go through and just try and make all these minor, minor logic things, which we didn't have time to do. Um, correct them, but without changing anything for the sake of it, unless you know it really does enhance the the, the game. You're the games so industry's kind of what... George Lucas, aren't you? That's what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, if if that were if, if only that were a, a tiny bit true, I'd take it as a, as a huge compliment. <laughs> uh, but 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 what we're not doing is making major changes. So this is you know this is this is just sort of tweaking and 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 enhancing and. As I say, um, you know, the, the user experience for point and click in some ways has been left in the 1990s. And I hope, I hope, I hope that we can really bring it up to date. Because uh, and one of the things that um, gave me so much confidence about this was that we, we had this um, young man who came in on work experience. He was 14 um, and he played the game. And he, he wrote a little report uh, and he said, uh, I didn't know that games like this existed, he said. Um, he said, I really loved it. It was like discovering games again. Sorry, discovering games for the first time again. And, you know, that, there was so much passion that what we kind of need to do is reinvent it again so that a new generation comes through. Because we have a lot of people who write in to say, oh, I played with my parents and now I'm playing with my children. So, you know, that's the great privilege of, of having a game that's been loved over three generations. And, uh, you know, we just need to make sure that it's relevant for this new generation. Thank you. This is a, ter- this is a terrible plug. So, you know, thank you for letting me do it. <laughs> You're very welcome. Stuart Hind has written on the chat. He's asked whether the Newcastle fan on the train is staying. Of course he is. Why, I. The great thing about being, being in York is that we are very close. I love Newcastle. It's such a great city. And the people, you know, those, those people from Newcastle who do populate the train as it comes through North York are just great. And I thought that I thought that the good, you know, Geordies up in that part of the world would be would be um, insulted by the way that we've depicted them. But everybody loves it. It's great. So good for them. Uh, and Kate has asked, uh, has pointed out there are three guys on the same horse. She 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 does a great uh, uh, Nico impression uh, of that accent, which I'm not going to do on the stream. Um, <laughs> There is a lot of talk about the about games not being uh, playable on modern formats anymore. And um, have you seen any of the work that Digital Extremes are doing, which they did with the, the guys that did the um, the Atari Fifty Eclipse? Um, uh, sorry, Digital Eclipse. Thank you, Steve. Um, 
uh, the, the Atari 50 compilation, which was a series of prototypes and old games held together with documentaries. They've just done the Karateka um, mm -hmm. update as well, which I'm looking forward to checking out for next. It's where you can play, you can watch a playthrough of the game, but at any point you can jump into it yep. and interact with it. So you can sort of watch someone else play through and then quickly go, oh, I want to fight this boss or whatever. It's like really smart way of making an uh, um, interactive documentary. Uh, yeah, and playing prototypes yeah, and different yeah. versions and all, all, all of that sort of stuff. Are you going to be doing sort of commentary or, or anything with uh, yours, yeah, Charles? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, it was, it was 25 years ago and a lot of, a lot of water has flowed <laughs> under the bridge since then. Um, and, uh, you know, anybody who gives me the opportunity to talk uh, about you know the past talk about anecdotes and also talk about the future as you kind people have um as you well know i will jump at the opportunity um mr harchester united says the music is so amazing in the broken sword games will we see any of the soundtracks on spotify what a good question do you know i was speaking to heather um heather heather Phelong, uh, barrington's wife uh just a couple of days ago and um Bat Barrington, or Bazza, as he used to look like he called, <laughs> passed away last year. It was, it was, you know, and he was hugely talented. Um, and it was just so lovely to talk to Heather. But, but the way that they worked is, and this is kind of, sorry, I'm saying like a politician because I'm answering a completely different question here. But the way they used to work was that Heather was incredibly passionate about games and about adventure games. And she would play it again and again and again and come up with all of these cues. And then Barry would watch a video. She would then video and he would compose the music to these hundreds and hundreds of cues. And it just worked really well. Um, she owns the copyright. So now I am answering your question. <laughs> he owns the copyright. So we will um, be looking to publish it. But we need to do that with, with her permission. But, you know, as an aside, what um, Game Republic, which is a brilliant, brilliant networking um, group in, in Yorkshire, um, did was they arranged uh, a concert and they played the Broken Sword music full orchestra. And it was just one of the most moving things. It, it was phenomenal. So, um, yeah, sorry, I haven't answered your question at all. The answer is yes. Good. Uh, when can we expect to see the remastered version? <laughs> uh, I, 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 if, if you ask me, it would have been about three or four months ago. But, but if you ask people, if you ask people um, who, who actually have much better scheduling skills uh, and, and contingency, then it's going to be sort of probably February next year. Great. And then tell us about uh, Broken Sword 6. Oh, yes. So Broken Sword 6 is using um, hand-drawn textures but applied to 3D. Um, and we put a, a little video of it out um, for Gamescom. Um, the, the, the characters themselves were, were just placeholder, right? Um, so, you know, probably shouldn't put them out at all. But, but, but the, the main thing is really to try and create the beauty of 2D hand-drawn, but in a 3D environment, so that as the camera moves, you get a very dynamic movement, um, more so than, 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 than you would with 2D. Having said that, having said that, in 2D, what, what I really love is the way that a really skillful layout artist can, because obviously what you're doing is you're moving a, a camera across a flat page or down a flat, flat page. And what I think is so extraordinary is when the artist, within that single sheet of paper, can change the perspective. And there is something really, really dynamic about that. Um, the original Broken Sword was written, sorry, was, um, was drawn by uh, a layout artist called 
Owen Cahill, um, who again passed away uh, a couple of years ago, um, and was absolutely brilliant. He he had a life of, uh, of working for the Don Bluth Studios in Dublin, uh, and of course Don Bluth came from Disney in the first place. So there's this sort of mixture of all of them, and um, and it, it was just you know an absolute pleasure and privilege to work with somebody so so talented. And a lot of you know the Broken Sword art style comes from 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 him uh, and people he introduced it to. Excellent. Well, looking forward to hearing more about that when you can, Charles. Um, yeah, I, thank I, you. Yeah, I didn't get to see the test stuff. Did you see no, it? I've not seen it yet. Uh, um, thank you for joining us. Is there uh, anything else we've not covered, Charles? No, 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 no. no that's oh, no, no. It's great. And it's, I mean, congratulations, as I say, on you know, on your longevity. Um, <laughs> It's literally the only thing anyone can exactly brilliant. Well, um, how, how can we? Sorry, and your talent. I didn't mean longevity. Talent. That was the word I was looking for. How can people who are watching or listening uh, keep up with what you're up to, Charles? Oh well, um, actually, I was going to say Twitter, but I haven't actually answered. Oh, it's not called Twitter anymore, is it? Um, I haven't been on Twitter for ages. Uh, I tell you what, if anybody wants to kind of keep 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 in, then. As everybody says, Steam wishlisting is just fantastic. You know, the algorithms um, take on board all of the Steam and then they, the wish lists and they help promote it. So, so that would be fantastic. Otherwise, um, if you go onto our website, revolution.co.uk, uh, we, we actually have an old-fashioned subscription list. So, you know, sign up to that. And um, the wonderful Wendy will put out fairly irregular updates with all the news uh it's also been pointed out in chat to join the revolution discord uh twitter through you oh, yes uh, and then the, the chats it's just disappeared somebody asked a question about the rendering will the rendering be the same similar to uh to uh, beyond the steel sky in in the new game because they, um, they loved that very good question very good question um do you know i don't know the i'm, I'm i'd love to do uh, I, I, I actually listened to my perfect console with Peter Molyneux as well as I was driving what to Wales. What is going on? Are you advertising another podcast on our podcast? Why would you do that? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Would it, I was saying, don't get us started This now. is our big day, it, Charles. I was saying to you it's earlier. It's not as good as yours. But you know, Keith, Keith Stewart on Twitter said, um, he, was, he pointed out that podcast and he said, hmm. Two of my favourite men talking about video games. Right. And he said that about two other men. Just before... Just before we go live on our big special day. Special day. And now this. I'm so and now sorry. this. I'm so sorry. I always prefer um, Monkey Island. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> sorry, go on, Charles. We're only joking. I was just going to say that... Um, Peter was talking on the Definitely Inferior podcast um, about all of the things that he'd, he'd make up on the fly. And he'd say, that's a really good idea. And that's going to be the case. Uh, and that was his problem. Uh, or that was the problem that led to the, uh, the, the Rock, Paper, Shotgun uh, interview. So all I'm saying is that I'm going to learn from that and not do the well same. Done. Except to say, it's a great comment. Mm. And thank you for the compliment. And it's certainly something that we should do but I'm not going to say it is something that we will definitely do because that's got other people into trouble before. Wonderful. Thank you, Charles. Uh, you've brightened up our screen. You've, uh, you've, um, you've helped us out immeasurably by joining us as a guest. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we we'll hope to see you soon. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. 
After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Oi, what's the best game when you get to eat pie? What's the best game when you play a dead guy? I you'll find out in DG247's podcast. Looks boring. What are you on about? It All looks of great. their games, they look boring. It doesn't look boring. It looks like it you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of... Wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> VG247's Best Games Ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is, but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it. It's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, I was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Lovely Charles there. We're One Life Left. We're broadcasting on Resonance 104.4 FM, but this is a very special day. We're also streaming live on the Yogscast Twitch channel. It's good, isn't it, Simon? It's, it's whizzing by, isn't it? That's it is. What were we worried about? We'd better crack on, hadn't we? Uh, if you want to know more about One Life Left, we have a website where you can listen to our shows, www.onelifeleft.com. If you go to hello.onelifeleft.com, there are links there to the Discord. Also, you can read our show notes, which will have been put together by our under-caretaker, Phil. Uh, he may have a bit of editing to do this week. And it's the wonderful Pickaxe team as well who supports us. Uh, and coming up after us is the excellent Pitch Please. So do stick around for that and enjoy all the podcasts that are being streamed during Pickaxe Week. Uh, but before that, we've got a couple of other things to run through, don't we? Uh, this is the any other business bit, is it? Well, all we were going to talk about Marioki. The Marioki presentation. Business, I think. All right, let's do that. Uh, TJ, could we go for the uh, the other screen, please? So, we mentioned Marioki earlier. Uh, Marioki is the thing that uh, Simon invented. It's always important to say that. Uh, si Simon invented we, It's a team effort. It's always team. a team effort. It's always a team effort. But Simon invented it. Uh, the idea that we would rewrite the lyrics to pop songs uh, and we would sing them uh, with an audience. It would be like a gig, karaoke type thing. and We'd host it and we'd do it at Nottingham Game City. We'd do it once and then we did it twice and so on. It became a thing. And so we're still doing it 12 or something years on. Uh, and it's super fun. You can find out more details at marioki.com. I think that QR code will take you to the website. Uh, quick sort of overview. That was our first, that was the earliest reference I could find to marioki in one of our uh, that's as fully formed as ideas yeah just come, like I think we went to the pub we were like let's brainstorm some ideas for Nottingham should we rewrite something bang done um, so we called this thing Marioki well actually originally we called it One Song Left we and did. then we asked on Twitter what we should call it and Simon Parkin Simon Parkin Friend Charles's favourite <laughs> exactly Simon Parkin said Marioki obviously like karaoke but with Mario now Turns out that's not without problems. No, I mean, it's a brilliant name. Uh, and this was the, our first corporate identity. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I remember uh, just as Marioki was was taking off, I was chatting to a guy who worked at uh, Nintendo at GDC. It was his birthday. And I said, oh, we were running it at GDC in San Francisco. And I said, uh, are you going to come to Marioki later? And he said, oh, um, he said, I'm, yeah, I might do. It's my birthday. And I said, I said, I said, do you mind us calling it Marioki? And he went, nah, it's OK, just as long as you're not... Uh, using any imagery of Mario. <laughs> I said, uh, okay, yeah, better probably, probably don't come. Yeah. Uh, so we rebranded, we rebranded uh, a little bit little to bit. Marioki. We got a, a nice font. Marioki, uh, obviously disassociated from Mario. And we did, as Simon said, we got bigger and bigger and bigger. We did a huge gig in Sweden, uh, about 250 people in the audience. Brilliant, brilliant night. And at the end of it, two men came from the back of the room and they were wearing suits, and uh, they had Nintendo lanyards on their little Nordic game badges. And they gave me a Nintendo lanyard. They said, we want you to have this. We absolutely... Your, your hours now. They said, well, they said, we loved the night. We loved it so much. We found it so funny, and we're not going to tell Japan. <laughs> and it's good that they don't have the internet in Japan, yeah. is it? <laughs> so uh, that was when we decided to rebrand completely uh, into uh, Marioki. Modded karaoke, ma-araoke, you know? You say it the same, but no court in the land could convict exactly. you because you can see the etymology right there. It stands for modded karaoke and nothing else. So we changed the words to video games, uh, ch- changed the words to pop songs about video games. This is Simon setting up for the first ever karaoke or one song left in Nottingham, uh, right there. And in the next photo, you can see him and Anne singing through or, or doing a sound check. For a song, I think that is Disco 2000. Yeah. Yeah, next one. Uh, that's Simon singing on the night, singing his song about Peter. Peter Molyneux, as mentioned by Charles. Mentioned by Charles. See, it all hangs together. Um, and here's a photo of the first crowd at Marioki as well. Uh, but since then, we've sort of escalated. We started doing a regular night in Dalston uh, every month. There's some familiar like faces there, there aren't there? It's Derek Williams, front row. We can see James Scott there as well. Ben Hall, front row as well. Um, Next photo. There we are on stage, the one we saw earlier. Next. Uh, This is us doing live karaoke with a band. I love that. And look, with a box of Fosters. (laughs) (laughs) That's how bands do it, isn't it? Uh, Next. Uh, This is our residency. We had a residency pre-COVID in a bar in Dalston. We do it every month in uh, loading. And that's how it became really big because we ended up writing 10 songs a month and suddenly we had 600 songs all rewritten about video games. We were getting invited all around the world to brilliant places and uh, then obviously COVID happened so we're trying to rebuild after that. Next one, you can see some of our shows. That's one at Nordic Nordic Game. Uh, Next one is, I think that's again at Nordic Game. That was this year, big crowd. And I think the final one is... That was at GDC. So, yeah, these big parties where uh, the audience members come off on stage, they sing with us, uh, all of the crowd sings back because the lyrics are behind the singers. And it's good fun. Good fun. No, I don't know where to look, Simon. Very good. All right. We're, uh, who are we? We're One Life Left. Thank You're you. listening to One Life Left. Uh, Still One Life Left after all these years. Uh, and we're on Twitch, which is... It's fun. I'm enjoying it. We've got 10 minutes to go. We've got to do the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. 
thank you to those that have sent uh, emails in. Uh, Chris writes, dear team, Charles Barton, SSG. Even with the Discord live show, the scheduled airings on Resonance, the secret Resonance player and the podcast version, there's still a lot of time to fill every week. So I occasionally find myself listening to other podcasts. <gasps> this weekend, whilst, doing, whilst trying to do some running, any links to the Strava One Life Left Club? Um, I was enjoying the downbeat, self-deprecating, meandering and tangenti- tangentially riffing 60 songs explain the 90s. I was delighted to hear that in a 2017 Facebook post, Tony Hawk prompted Trent Reznor to talk about how Depeche Mode was a major inspiration for the debut Nine Inch Nails album, Pretty Hate Machine. The perfect triangulation of these seemingly disconnected pop cultural icons is a stark reminder of both how good social media can be when it's trying not to buy our votes and the strange interconnectedness of everything, no matter how weirdly juxtaposed. Also having demonstrated this by cramming as much as I can into one letter, I open the question up to you. What's the least obvious inspiration for a video game that you can recall? Or the most unusual cheerleader? The rock helping Bill Gates launch the original Xbox was a very turn of the millennium thing. And the less said about Imagine Dragons collaboration with Bethesda, (laughs) the better. Over to you. The least uh, obvious inspiration for a video game that you can recall. Ooh. Uh... Least obvious inspiration for a video game. Repeating it is not helping me think of an answer. Um... There haven't been any. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been obvious. Sorry, Chris. We've been like the pressure. We've been the pressure. Uh, but if you, anybody else has got any, uh... you did say before. To your credit, you did say we should look at the letters and we should we should come up with some answers I did say, beforehand as because policy. We, <laughs> we policy, should do that. Right. We should do that. Chris. Uh, if you've got any examples, please email them to team at onelifeleft.com on the Discord. I've uh, got it. Go on, dear team. Writes Jared. After a few hours of playing Starfield and already feeling like the game wasn't for me. The real clincher was discovering that one of the most popular mods for the game turns the inventory into a giant spreadsheet. Call me unusual, but I like to have fun while playing games rather than feeling like I'm doing work. What has been the most mundane, work-like game mechanic that has turned you off playing a game or, to the contrary, found yourself enjoying against your better judgment? Love the show. Jared. Uh, the most obvious example for me uh, would be Power Wash right, Simulator. Right, absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's a game uh, that succeeds despite itself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I played a very, very early prototype on that, and yeah. um, right from the start, it was the, the first game, I'd, the only game I'd ever played that made the uh, the hairs on my arms stand up. Um, <laughs> and it did, just, it's just the, the yeah, sort of air. Yeah, yeah. Um, water on metal. Uh, so, yeah, where, you know, where I've got absolutely no desire to power wash in real life. What was that top-down box-moving game made by, I want to say Holoponds, uh, warehouse, Wilmot's Warehouse, uh, where you literally just get warehouse deliveries and then you have to sort them out into where you want to put them and then people come and ask for some of the green things or some of the round things and you go and have to do- it is just work but somehow it is so cathartic coming up with your own systems sorting them out and just feeling like you have this space under control I mean video games are fundamentally about tidying up if you break them all down they are all about tidying up uh, and they're all about doing work that we can control and is inconsequential but at least in this space we can do them 
Robin writes, hello, super special guests and possibly team. As annoyed as I was when Nintendo played with my heart and announced a Battle Royale game instead of a proper F-Zero, I'm actually having a pretty fun time with F-Zero 99. What other games have you found yourself reluctantly enjoying? Thanks, I love the show. Robin. Ooh. I mean, truthfully, Starfield is my current answer in that I have definitely disliked 90% of my time in that game, but occasionally I find doing some of the mundane stuff in a similar way to I was just talking about sorting out, just, you know, tidying things up, putting these things here, even though it's clumsy and horrible and mundane, I'm like, well, it's passing time and that's all I want to do. Um, that kind of hypnosis is really powerful in video games. I found the same in Vampire Survivors, which is not a game that retrospectively I've enjoyed at all, but was so hooked into that I wanted to hate it and didn't. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. That's complex then, whether you're actually enjoying the time, even though you can see yourself, you can see it's time wasted, uh, but you are somehow just enjoying wasting that time chewing. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, we we could cover this in the review section, yeah. but I, I've just finished Starfield. Have you? Um, and I, I was the least whelmed I've ever been <laughs> about anything. It ended. No whelms at all. There were no whelms. No whelms. And I sort of went, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go and do something else yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, from someone who was, uh, you know, who loved uh, Skyrim, most of Bethesda's games, uh, yeah, Starcox mentioned well, we'll negative. We'll talk about work. that in the reviews. Yeah, um, I, I just, I, I don't, I genuinely don't know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> right, we need to All right, crack, let's on. crack on. Reviews, uh, reviews, final reviews. section of the show. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, let's yeah, uh, roll on so with the reviews. Yeah, so the review section in One Life Left tends to sort of either be 20 minutes when we've absolutely messed up our timing earlier or really, really short. Uh, and luckily, we have so much experience, we can fill this section, however long it is, by talking about whatever we've been playing at the moment, which this week for both of us is Starfield. Well, I finished it. I've moved on to something new. Well, oh, have you? Yes. So I've sort of moved on to something old because I just got to a point in Starfield where I was like, why am I playing this? <laughs> I don't like any of it. Just like, finish I, it. I, I don't, finish it. Yeah. I don't like going to find these magical space rocks and I don't care what happens when you find them. I don't care about the powers you collect. I don't ever use them. I don't think any of the characters are engaging. I don't think any of the side missions are interesting at all. I don't like any of the mechanics that I'm using while I'm unveiling, unfurling, uncovering all of this stuff. I'm not enjoying it. So I've got an idea. I'll just stop playing it. So I've stopped playing it. Seven out of ten. <laughs> well, I finished Starfield uh, and um, yeah, just like, okay, well then that happened. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, was, I was between games because obviously... Um, uh, Cyberpunk 2.0 has just come out uh, along with the expansion, which I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to. I finished uh, Cyberpunk originally, uh, even when it was bad, apparently. Right. I, I, I did really enjoy it. But um, uh, yeah, lots of stuff coming up. Very, very busy time. Um, but I, I thought I'd pop over and have a look at what had been happening in Assassin's Creed. Oh. Uh, and so I did the London one. It was about £3 on Steam. Right. Assassin's yes. Creed Syndicate. Um, so I did that. That's the one I tried to get to my house in. Right. And the you got just to where my house is and then it goes nope Danny Wallace didn't want you to yeah <laughs> um, yeah I, I, it's, it's become a Batman game hasn't it it's got a it's got a grappling hook and the combat sort of very very similar but um, it's uh, 
uh, it's really good, isn't it? and there's something nice about the setting. Uh, Victorian London, um, it looks incredible. Couldn't see your house. Um, I've got uh, I've liberated a few cities. It's, it's, it's when Assassin's Creed used to be Assassin's Creed before it became a massive, massive uh, RPG that's far too big. Um, I'm enjoying it lots, finding it, uh, this, the switch between the two characters a bit forced. Nonetheless, uh, I will I will I will continue on. Seven out of ten. I've played a couple of other uh, games as well, uh, but I'll talk about them in the show next week because we are running out of time. I should say as well, I have gone back to Baldur's Gate and immediately uh, died in the same section. I couldn't get past last time, um, so but I think I am going to continue, especially now it's on Mac. That is a definite seven out of ten. There we go. That's the end of the show. Um, Done. Thank you. I know it's rough in places. Yeah. But, but I was all right. It was all right. I enjoyed doing that. Right. Thank you so much for watching yeah. and sticking with us. Uh, we've been One Life Left. Uh, you can find us uh, every week on Residence FM, as we mentioned, or podcast afterwards. Um, we'll Do join our Discord. We'd love to see you on the Discord. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for having us, Pickaxe. Do stay on for um, Pitch Please, or is it Comfort Zone? Which one is it? <laughs> Pitch, please. I'm getting confused by chat. <laughs> Thank you, TJ, for looking after us while we're here. Um, yes. Until next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>